Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Donna Roach, Chief Information Officer at University of Utah Health. Donna, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thanks, Laura. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about, especially considering, you know, what you're doing in the health IT space. I know you're definitely a leader and someone that really sets the trends for how other CIOs are thinking about what they're doing and in, in leading in the space. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. Thanks. So I am the Chief Information Officer at the University of Utah Health. So we're a five-hospital system, uh, soon to be six. We're building a new one. We're in Salt Lake City, so built right up against the Wasatch Mountain Front, uh, which is kind of exciting with all the snow coming down, a little worried about avalanches, and on top of that, the flooding that may be occurring. So um, working towards that. I have been in here in Utah for two and a half years. Prior to that, I was with BJC WashU Medical School. And then prior to that, I was with Ascension, um, which is the largest Catholic healthcare organization for about seven years as a CIO in different markets, uh, Michigan, New York, Kansas, Gulf Coast, and then eventually the system office in St. Louis. So been in healthcare IT my entire career. Uh, absolutely love it. I uh, have a background in more in health administration with a focus on systems. So I always, I kid my family and stuff in the sense of I have the best job because I marry healthcare and IT together and it just never gets dull. It's if I get bored with one side, I just hop over to the other. Um, but I truly feel it's a uh, career that allows me to um, kind of, um, meet the needs of the community and do something very lasting. And I work with a lot of amazing physicians and peers and administrators that feel the same way. They are deeply committed to improving the um, health and welfare of our community. Absolutely. I love that. And especially having that very mission-driven focus, even though you're on the IT side of things, it certainly impacts patient care and how the organization operates as a whole. And so it's just great to know that you've got that in your mind as you're making decisions on a daily basis and really helping to design what the future is going to look like for University of Utah Health. Yeah. I, I tell even my PC techs and people who work on the service desk that and you're just as much a, a care delivery person as anybody else because you're in the background making sure that the physicians and the nurses delivering the quality of care are, are best supported. So you are part of the care team. So it's like don't sell yourself short. You're needed as much as anybody else. So. Absolutely. And what a powerful message for the team, I can imagine. Now, from your vantage point as leading the IT organization, what are some of the big opportunities that you're seeing for University of Utah Health? How do you see it growing and flourishing? And then, you know, what are some of the headwinds as well that you have your eye on? Sure. So when I first got here, you know, I start, started smack in the middle of COVID and 
it was pretty crazy and and not that it was any different anywhere else. We all kind of went through the craziness of standing up telehealth or virtual care, um, you know, starting, I think we averaged maybe 100 visits a month and we went to close to 40,000 visits a month. So, it, I mean, it, it really, we picked things up really fast. Um, but it was an opportunity when I got here, there really hadn't been a, a digital roadmap, a digital strategy put together. A lot of people thought virtual care and digital health were the same. And what I had the opportunity was to really develop it from the ground floor up and uh, educate people on it's all, you know, everything is in IT is really digital. It's just a word, but it also gave me this opportunity to create a, a new digital roadmap. We created a digital enablement committee, which is our governance, very high level strategy to look at, you know, what should be on our roadmap. We, we make sure the strategy is driving the roadmap and not the other way around. And we feel that gives us great partnership and, and, and direction to, um, you know, prioritize the right things that need to be there. You know, our first go round, we, we created kind of a, what I call five swim lanes of our roadmap, our digital roadmap, and it was virtual care, access to care, and outreach. So kind of what were we doing outside the walls of our hospital? And then partnerships, so what we were doing within our innovation and research side, and then our digital architecture is what was being built out. And so my CTO has really worked very hard on creating the digital architecture. And then like not that long after we published our roadmap and had our, our governance committee meetings and stuff, we realized one of the swim lanes that was missing was our experience swim lane. And so rather than threading it throughout all of the um, areas, we said, let's call it out separately because it was so important for us. And when we talk about our experience, we talk about not just the patient experience, but the employee, the physician experience, the total experience. And now those six swim lanes are what is driving our roadmap. And every year we go through a process, um, our, our health sciences creates a, a strategy, we're on a strategy 2025 um, vision. And every year we do, um, we reset with our directed steps. Um, and we look at those directed steps to say how, what should be informed or what should fall onto the roadmap that helps then direct us even further down our digital strategy. The other thing in the last two and a half years, um, just with this emphasis on, on really digital transformation, I hired a, a senior director of digital transformation. Her name's Laura Marquez. She's absolutely fantastic and nobody touch her, but um, she is wonderful. She came from UConn, um, but she helps envision well, what's this look like throughout all of the touch points of the organization? And so she's been, uh, she actually created kind of a one-page strategy document that helps visualize this a little bit more um, in terms of, you know, making sure that, you know, kind of, you know, our, we're called um, 
you know, the U. So we have a one U focus. And so one U is at the heart of our digital transformation. And then we build it out from there. So it's that that's really been the huge focus in the last two and a half years since I've been here. And the engagement throughout the organization, not just the hospital operations, but my the different chairs uh, in the medical school and in health sciences have been extremely engaged in, you know, what is on the roadmap, how do we set strategy, how do we make a difference in, you know, personalizing our care, providing greater access to care, you know, and, it, and it's this balance game, right? Because we're all having access issues, but how do you manage that in a, a kind of a digitally transformative way going forward? So, um, it's been exciting. Um, lots of things happening, a lot of moving parts, but um, uh, people are very engaged and, and behind what we're trying to achieve. That's great to hear, and especially thinking about, you know, all the different initiatives they have going on, whether, as you mentioned, it was about the patient experience or the employee and physician experience, and then, too, getting the technology and digital transformation that is really going to pull the health system into the future and set it up for success. So when you look at a culture that's uh, transformative in that way, how do you really build that and ingrain that within the teams that you work with, whether it's on the IT side or, or the clinical side? What does that look like and, and why is it so important? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things, it it's operating in the kind of two different um operating modes and you still have to deliver your healthcare IT systems it that it, people just want that to run and that's the traditional IT operating system that it has to be fully available and efficient and you know constantly uh, on all the time right but then in order to do digital transformation you have to run in another operating mode of being agile and innovative and very attentive to, to um, the trends and what's going on in the industry. So it, it's a careful balance because you, you don't want to kind of um, uh, disengage somebody because, you know, one, you're not telling people one is more important than the other. You have to operate in this kind of bimodal way. And what I found is, you know, there are people who like to sometimes be in um, support and run in the, the traditional operating model. And then there are people who like to be in that more agile, innovative model. And then there are people who like to have their feet in both worlds. And it's tapping into all of those folks and, and letting them be part of something um, and, and kind of showing them that, hey, you're all, you're all part of the mechanism of making this work and making this very successful. Um, you know, it's, and it's getting other individuals involved outside of IT that support the operating model. So in an agile world, you know, we're, really trying to look at, well, how do you create more kind of product teams or, you know, uh, fusion type teams where there's a, a, a wide array of multidisciplinary folks on those teams that are contributing to the outcome of the team and, and moving very quickly 
in terms of kind of the agile philosophy. So what you're doing is applying design thinking into those operate, you know, into those teams and really accelerating some of the work that we can do. And and I, you know, it, to me that's exciting stuff because it 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 helps people understand that yes, we are still I the IT department and we still deliver services and we still have a 24/7 uptime, but we also want to think in a very innovative way in delivering kind of the latest digital kind of improvements and real-time um, services back to our consumers. That's fascinating to hear and really think through that process. I love that mixture that you were talking about and really, uh, as you said, applying the design thinking to your teams. I know that it is something that's so important to really lead transformation and innovative uh, culture shifts. So I, I love that and thank you for spelling that out so clearly for us. Now, I'm wondering too, if you could talk to how you're thinking about growth and development and really adding value to the organization. I think that's something that can't be understated today, especially as healthcare resources are so precious right now. Um, so if you could talk a little bit about that, I'd just be really interested to hear what you're doing at University of Utah Health. Yeah, I think one of the ways is giving people opportunity to be on different teams. We went through a whole skill set um, uh, kind of inventory and at first people are like, well, why do you want to know? And it's like, I want to know because if you have a skill that maybe you're not using on the current team you're on, maybe I want to tap into you for, you know, a quick, um, you know, agile team. So using those skills and kind of developing them and maybe giving people like digital badges of, hey, you have this skill and how can we leverage you throughout the organization? So that's, that's one of the things. Uh, that we're looking at. And we don't, I don't want that just to stick within IT. I want it to be across um, other areas of our organization. Like we have a great quality department and what they can bring to the table, my pharmacy team, uh, radiology, they're all like very um, interested in being part of the, um, you know, the inventory and, and the skills development. But the other thing, and I'll, I'll focus in on something my CTO develop, uh, developed and is really um, taking the lead on, is creating our different centers of excellence. And in an academic environment, you the centers of excellence philosophy really pays off in, a long, in the long run because people want to be part of it, but how do you plug them into that um, framework? So... You know, a center of excellence has kind of the, you know, the three pillars. You've got a governance, you've got a brokerage, and you have a community. And having that layout in sometimes very technical areas allows people to um, contribute without it being overwhelming. So one of our centers of excellence is our cloud center of excellence. And, you know, we have a lot of researchers that want to be able to use cloud well, how do you create a framework or how do you create a good governance structure, a brokerage, and a community of um, participation so that they can all see the direction that we're taking? Um, another center of excellence we created was automation. And, you know, think about automation is from, you know, one end, it's interfaces, right, to the very high end, the hyper automation. Well, how do you get people engaged in 
think that they can be part of something by, and you can plug them into this center of excellence model. So again, they could be part of the community, part of the um, uh, automation, and learn from it and see, you know, what, you know, what, are, what's the possibility? I mean, that's we'll we'll look at Chat GPT that way and make sure that we're doing the right thing in our academic center uh, setting. Interoperability is another one that we'll apply that that framework to. So it just it it really pays off. In, in an academic environment where you have a lot of players that want to come to the table, but you can only, you know, it's it's the old adage of too many cooks in the kitchen sometimes. So, you know, maybe you don't have as many in the governance or in the brokerage side, but in the community side, you really involve them a little bit more. And that people become very engaged by using that kind of philosophy, but they also see that they, they understand the direction and sometimes the direction of uh, areas that are, are highly complex and, um, and sometimes overly technical, we can break that down for them. Got it. I think that's fascinating. I've obviously heard of the Center of Excellence for different specialties or departments, but I think to have that model for the different areas of IT, whether it's the cloud, as you were talking about, or interoperability or automation. I mean, it just seems like that's a fascinating way to uh, really galvanize uh, people and bring them together around a common goal, regardless of which department they come from initially. Right, right. Fantastic. And, you know, too, along those lines, I, I think especially in looking ahead, where do you see as being some of the places where you want to emphasize more or put more resources, uh, perhaps a risk or investment that would be really important for University of Utah Health going forward? Yeah, I, I think, you know, innovation is one of those things that we we dance around, but we I think in academics we don't necessarily do it really well all the time. So that's an area like trying to introduce more innovation and where where can we be um, very involved and where do we kind of want to sit maybe a little bit on the sidelines of things. The great thing I think about what we have here in, in Utah is we really, and we probably have more than this, but we have a, a very large commercialization innovation center called our Pivot Center. So they look at taking things and then hopefully commercializing them or um, uh, setting up kind of an accelerator framework and, and seeing how um, something may work through the accelerator before commercializing. We also have um, a CMI group, which is about the wearables and how we do innovation. Um, but we we have a gap lab, which is around gamification and innovation. So I, in my mind, and again, it goes back to my digital roadmap, I wanna partner with those groups and, and really run with them so that if I see something coming out in the industry that I think is pretty innovative, but I don't know exactly how we can apply it or I, I want to put it through the accelerator kind of framework. I, I want to leverage those groups. They know more than me in this space, and they can really, I can benefit, and the organization can benefit. I'll tell you, one of the most exciting things I've seen lately is um, what's going on in computer vision and how that could really benefit our workflows, especially right now when we're 
you know, what what can we take as the mundane task and have a computer do that, have like that computer vision being able to track on it and then allow the clinician more time to be have that interaction with the patient or have that interaction with the care team. So if I can take the the mundane of um, let's like just say hand washing techniques or you know how often does somebody um, you know wash their hands before going into a, a patient room and I let the computer vision do that or falls management or um, document you know um, virtual nursing and letting some a virtual nurse help in the documentation so that the nurse, all they have to do is talk to the virtual nurse, um, allow for the documentation to the chart rather than turning to a computer and having to do that documentation directly. Those things are, are really exciting, but it means working very closely with your care team and not disrupting the current um, work, you know, kind of workflow, but um, adding kind of like removing kind of the mundane stuff and, and really improving upon the workflow. And uh, so that it's really beneficial, not just to the patient, but to the whole care team. So that those are kind of some exciting things going on that I think we'll continue to um, uh, evaluate and check into. I love that. And it really seems like there's a lot uh, going on that, you know, from the operational standpoint to the clinical care team standpoint to, um, you know, pretty much organization-wide that people can really be excited about and um, new innovations in, in ways that you can bring more value into the organization. So that's really great to hear. And I appreciate you outlining so many different spaces. Uh, just, you know, very, very cool. Um, before we wrap up our conversation, I wanted to look ahead for just a minute. Could you talk about some of the different opportunities for growth and development, whether it's for your team in particular or the health system as a whole? Yeah, I think, and and here's something, just, you know, at the recent Beckers, I really appreciated everybody that came and spoke. And, and here's the opportunity, I think, that's in front of all of us. Sometimes in the academic world, we get very insular and in looking at from an academic side. My my challenge to our whole industry is part, try to partner more with the academics. And that goes for me too. It's partner with my community hospitals, partner with larger um, community systems, because that's where when, when we start to benefit from an academic world and the physician knows that that workflow has validity and really shows improvement to the patient, that's when they'll adopt it. And I think, um, you know, where academics really excels is in the research side and showing that from a research side how important it is to improve the care process and then demonstrating that back out, not just in another academic setting, but back out to the community hospitals and back out uh, into the larger health systems. That, I think, is going to be really key to accelerating what we can be doing in, in our industry. And that partnership that can be created um, is going to benefit everybody in the long run. 
What a great point and, and definitely important for, as you mentioned, everybody to think through what those partnerships could look like and how they could really push healthcare forward. Donna, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fun discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, thank you, Laura. I appreciate the opportunity.